<laughs> I got nothing else. Me either. So, cut. <laughs> Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks for Friday, August 7th. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I am Brian Schillmeister. How are you doing, Jason? I am doing uh, well. I'm older now. That's true. Happy birthday. Yeah. I Well, you know, every day it's the oldest you've ever been. So you just kind of have to deal with that. That's true. <laughs> You're just one step closer to dead. Yeah. Thanks for that. Appreciate no, it. No problem. Preach. We talk a lot about the singularity on this show, so maybe not. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, if I can get to then. I mean, it's another 10 years to go. That's kind of a, it's kind of a slog. I think you can make it 10, Jason. I really I'll, yeah, I'll see what I can do. So I got, I got my first Manny and Petty on my, on my birthday. I, I saw that you posted that on Facebook and I thought it was very funny because, uh, right before I saw that post, because, you know, Facebook just refuses to give us a linear timeline ever. Um, there was a post of a crown that you woke up to like a little princess crown, a little tiara. Yes. Somebody had posted a photo with you wearing it or it didn't happen or that never happened. Said, no way would I ever do that yet. Then you went to get a Manny Petty. Now, if it were me, I would have just manned up and wore the princess tiara to get my Manny Petty. Problem is it didn't fit. Well, I, I mean, would have, I would have, but when I went to the uh, Mexican place, they did give me a sombrero to wear. Maybe I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. That would be nice. It's already on my Instagram account. So if you go to, if you go to Instagram.com slash JPD, yes, I was an early adopter. Uh, you can see me in my sombrero. <laughs> I like how you just pimp all your social media properties now. Dude, what the fuck you got? You got to do that. Come on. <laughs> this is what we do. That is, that is true, I guess. So how was your week? Anything fun uh, happen? Yeah, it's been great. Um, doing a whole kitchen remodel. So uh, I, I've been without a kitchen now for five days. So I've learned what I've always thought about myself, which is I would hate camping. So, yeah. So are you living off the land? <laughs> yeah. The land is like my kitchen table that's been moved into the living room that has a bunch of things that are plugged in and, and supplies to just get by, such as wine. <laughs> well, that's all you need. That's, that's all true. you need. Yes, L- living off the grape. They're here installing all the cabinets today. There was no getting around the schedule. You and I tried to even do a show last night, but that didn't work out for either of us. So if there's some banging around, that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can't all be winners. Nope, they can't. But, I, you know, <laughs> I have to increase my market value with my place here in Santa Monica, which is a city that is trying to design itself happier. Yeah, you sent me this article and it was from The Guardian, which I thought was weird. We, no shit. It's like a, an English paper is writing about this program. And uh, it's a pretty, I, I find this really interesting and very cool. It's called the Wellbeing Project. And it's not just here. It's also in, in your other city, Jason. They're doing it in Chicago. So you should look in to see how how well things are going there. Yeah, well, I don't live in Chicago anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a, This program started in 2013, and it's being funded uh, by the million-dollar grant from uh, Bloomberg, of course. And uh, what they're basically doing is is using data to see what's going on in, in cities and how to increase quality of life and what problems may be happening and all that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, as, as geeks, we should like this stuff. Yeah, we should. Is that million dollars going to, you know, fund getting rid of every Prius in Santa Monica and maybe making the roads wider because the traffic sucks so bad? Yeah, I know. We need some sort of outlet other than Lincoln to get across this damn city. Uh, no, they didn't ask me, unfortunately. I don't think I was living here in time to do the uh, the uh, thing that they sent around. But uh, so I think the Priuses are here to stay. But it's an interesting project and an interesting read. We've got the uh, link in our show notes. And this is the kind of stuff that I, I want to see technology and big data being used for. I think this is an interesting concept. Awesome. Yeah, we'll see how it works out. Hopefully it'll get something done because I still call it Satan Monica because it's the last place I want to go. I I know, but I love it here. Uh, Found a link. Uh, Quora is, uh, you know, this... uh, they're all over Twitter, Facebook, Google+, although Google+, not for long, as we've discussed a few times. Uh, they did this, uh, que- they do, basically, they answer questions. And somebody asked, when can the pay, mo- pay what you want model succeed? You know, the old Radiohead thing. And I thought this was a really good answer. This is a, he wrote, it was, the guy's name is Carl Shan, and he basically does a, 
He's an author and he sold, put out multiple books under the pay what you want method. And he does a really good rundown of the only situations in which this could possibly work or be beneficial for you. If you've already built an audience that uh, on the yes, backs well, of the labels that, you know, you got your free publicity and you're already a star. Is that, that it? We, we call that the Amanda Palmer model. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's it's pretty much. Yeah, it's basically kind of on those lines. I mean, certainly you need to have a bit of an audience already. Um he numbers them down. Uh, number one would be if you have to have a product with a low marginal cost. And that's very helpful for for music or any kind of digital distribution because anytime that you have the physical and shipping, as all you Kickstarter idiots know, it gets expensive and complicated. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, number two, you'd have to have a fair-minded customer base. Good luck with that. <laughs> Not in this day and age, motherfucker. <laughs> nope, everybody wants anything they can get for free, and that's that. Uh, number three, a product that can be sold at a wide range of prices. Uh, again, I think that's pretty much the same as number one. If yeah, that, that sounds exactly like number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finding a competitive marketplace. Not entirely sure what that really means, especially if you're trying to do something creative, because, I mean, what isn't a creative mar or a competitive marketplace these days? That kind of defines what a marketplace is, competition. Exactly. <laughs> so he's basically just saying you, you'd have the ability to underprice people that won't do the pay what you want market. So. Okay, so pretty much we've knocked everything out of the... <laughs> out of yeah, his yeah. argument so far. Um, Number five, a strong relationship between buyer and seller. Well, if you have a strong relationship, you could probably just charge your regular price. Yeah, because I think that's the that's the elephant in the room right there. Mm -hmm. If you have a strong relationship with your audience, then they're going to pay for it. So yeah, they're into your stuff and they're going to pay for it, as Amanda Palmer well knows, because she funds basically going to the bathroom at this point. <laughs> she does, actually. I'm going to give Neil a hand job. Would you guys like to Kickstarter that? <laughs> For $55, <laughs> we'll put it on the webcam. We'll periscope it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, there's a cool article I found from David Byrne out of, of all I'm people. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of David Byrne. And uh, he's just saying that, okay, if we want to fix this, we need everybody to open up and talk about how we're getting paid. Uh, and, what have I been saying since day one on this podcast about the music industry? Oh, yes. Transparency. Transparency. That and is we're not going to get it. Ever. It's not. No, 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 no. There's too many people making way too much money for there to be transparency. Everybody except for the artists, of course. And this goes into my next article, which I found called Stop Calling It the Sharing Economy. That isn't what it is. <laughs> did you read this article? That's what yet? I've been saying since day one. Of exactly. <laughs> yeah, I did read this article. This is a fantastic read and it's extremely long, but it's a very, very good read. And basically, this is a well thought out version of everything that I rant about on this podcast. Yeah. No, definitely. And and I think we should actually call it the middleman economy because that's what it actually is. You know, yep. you look at Airbnb and you look at Uber and you look at all this other crap. They're middlemen. That's all they are. They're just inserting themselves in between you and the actual service provider. That's all the yep. sharing economy is. No, I, I agree 100 percent. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's it's it's, you know, privileged people up in Silicon Valley making an app that's a second layer in between the service that you're going to go do anyways. That's supposedly giving you extra value or, or you know, peace of mind or making your life easier and basically taking money from the bottom and the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I got to give a hat tip to Mr. Uh, Jordan Cooper for this one. I found this on his Twitter feed. So uh, thank you very much, Jordan. And uh, yeah, I, I honestly, it's the middleman economy. That's all it is now. Well, and I ran across a very similar link that talks about the same thing. So I just grouped it in here. Um, this one is from uh, Tech Mike, and it's one tweet shows what Silicon Valley really thinks of the people it's crushing. And there was a tweet going around uh, some guy in um, San Francisco tweeted six months ago, there were three laundromats in my SF hood, now two, and one may be evicted. What happens when basic services can no longer afford rent? And then some guy that works over at Google, uh, who helped build the Google email platform, replied saying, that's the cost of disruption. Washio and others have removed need for laundromat on every block. You pretentious yeah. fuck. Fucking asshole. <laughs> that's only if you're rich. But of course, thanks to you guys and the way you've engineered San Francisco recently, there are only rich people that could live there. Yeah. And sadly, the uh, the service that would sell you quarters so you could go to the laundromat is now out of business. So what are you going to do now? Yeah, and then this uh, this article goes kind of in depth as well, talking about the same thing that you were just mentioning, which is uh, Washio still depends on laundry services because they're just middlemen. Yeah, they they all they do is they have somebody come pick it up. They probably call a Fiverr or a Task Rabbit to come pick up your laundry and take it over and do the fluff and fold and then yep. bring it back to you and then just charge you a charge you a fee. 
So what they do is they drive the service that you could just go to by yourself out of business. Then they're the middlemen that then take it to somewhere else. Awesome. Yeah. And what they don't even talk about in this article is the problem with laundromats in San Francisco is the homeless. Because the homeless will come in every morning. And this was a problem at, at my laundromat. They would come in. They would take off all their filthy, nasty clothes that they've been sleeping in the park in and, you know, doing their man poo business and just put them in the dryer. They wouldn't yep. wash them. They would just dry them. So you could not dry your clothes. I cannot tell you how many times I've had to take my wet clothes across the street to the dry cleaner and say, dude, just wash them, wash them again, dry them. I'll be back in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a really good article too. There's, there's a quote in there that basically says that these apps that are supposedly changing the world don't really affect anyone except for the very wealthy young men who designed them. Yep. In fact, if anything, they make it worse for the rest of us. In the news. Fighting the good fight uh, against all the crap that we're talking about. Uh, you remember Dan Price and his, his uh, company Gravity Payments a couple of weeks back? Right? Oh, yeah. He's the one that upped his minimum wage to 70 grand for yeah. all the employees. He decided to slash his own pay package to uh, basically take all of his employees up to a minimum salary of $70,000. How's in, that working for him? In the no good deeds go unpunished files. <laughs> uh, not very well. Um, yeah. And for some understandable reasons, uh, let's let's first just talk about his own employees. Uh, a lot of them were obviously very happy. Uh, some of them not so much because basically some of the higher paid people thought it was unfair to double the pay of some of the new hires while the long serving staff members got small or no raises at all. Understandable. I can see that. That's understandable. I, I would have probably tried to employ some sort of sliding scale, bringing everybody up to $70,000, but then raising other people's salaries commensary. But then you probably go out of business. See, this is where it gets complicated. Economics is complicated, Jason. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it's a meritocracy. You have, yeah. to, you have to get paid based on your merit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that is what happens. So they've, they've lost a few people because they were upset about the salary raises and the inequalities within basically skill levels or people putting in more time or people that have been there since the beginning. Uh, the web developer, Grant Moran, who was 29 years old, had, his, a, had a salary of, uh, what does it say? He got his own salary bump as well. And I guess they were staged raise outs because he went up to 50,000 from 41. And he was uh, worried the new policy doesn't reward work ethic. Now the people are just clocking in and out and making the same as me. It shackles high performers to less motivated team members. Hey, uh, this may just be a web developer thing because uh, I certainly felt that way the entire time I was working in the corporate world. Get over it. No, no, don't get over it. Get paid what you're worth. Honestly, if you were making 41 grand and you're like the, like the senior developer there, yeah. you were getting underpaid, brother. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right now. Yeah, I agree with that completely. That was totally yeah, great. yeah. If you're if you're a senior web dev at a company that's doing payments, uh, yep. you should have at least six figures. Period. Yeah, and uh, well, most of his employees do seem to agree, though. But he is having some problems. Uh, the bigger problem for him uh, was that some of his clients started to drop him because they were convinced that this would lead to uh, increases in charges, even though he promised them that it would not because he was taking his own money to use these, to make these payments. Yeah. That's kind of bullshit. I think that if, is, if, yeah. If they're, if they're, if they're like bailing on him without having any price raises in their service, mm -hmm. that's, that's just an excuse to leave. Maybe his service sucks. Who knows? But yeah, that's, but it does sound like it's an excuse to leave or uh, no, or maybe not, or maybe just fear of something new. It's like, uh, but if he makes you a promise that the prices aren't going to rise, why do you pull out right away? Now, granted, press, he, press. well, granted, he <laughs> did get a few new cl clients due to the press from this, which is, but the thing is only a few, which just goes to show you that uh, sometimes just the big press release thing doesn't really do much. Well, especially not nowadays. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, the people who were there that got shafted, mm -hmm. I, I totally understand that. 100%. I do. Understand. I do. But I, I still applaud his effort. I still applaud the concept of what he's doing. And, and there's going to be bumps in the road along the way for somebody trying to do this. So I, I still think that this is a great thing that he's trying to do. You know, the, the thing is, you have to start the company with this ethic. And it's not something that is new. Like in the old days, we would all have free sites and then they would flip over to pay. It, it once you hit like, you know, a certain level of user base and then you're like, OK, well, now I need to make money. So now I'm going to charge you a bit. It, then I introduce the paywall. Yeah, that never works. We all know that once no. you take once you have something that is nice and cheap and free 
and then you introduce the you know the <laughs> payment process, nobody comes back. Look at you, New York Times. Um, that's the way yeah. it works. So okay. you have to start with this out of the gate, I think. And you know, in the future, it might work. But when you're taking money from people who probably deserve more money and give it to people who might not be deserving of it, just to do it is kind of a yeah, it's kind of kicking the nuts for the people who are are putting in the you know the eighty hour work weeks and engineering and all that stuff. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's a rough road if you're if you're an existing company and you're trying to switch over to that. I, I agree, it would probably go a lot better if you just would have started a new company or somehow. But uh, yeah, you know. So, but uh, I, again, yeah. As far as the paywall thing goes, New York Times has to realize they're not cocaine. The the drug <laughs> drug dealer model does not work on the web. You don't get your first taste for free and then you get hooked. Yeah, so, then you just disable cookies and you can read all you want for free anyway. Exactly. So. Uh, so Uber, I, I would be remiss not to mention some Uber news in my own city. Uh, four Uber drivers were cited at LAX for having serious criminal records. And, and we're not kidding here. Child exploitation, identity theft, manslaughter, driving under the influence. Yeah, those are bad. Those are oh, all bad. <laughs> by the way, if Uber played by the rules and had the legislation and, and all the different things that, that taxis have to do, all of them would have been ineligible for a city of Los Angeles taxi permit. Yep. <laughs> this is, yeah. This is the problem, Uber. This is the problem. Well, this is one of the many, many problems. But yes, I I had never even, you know, I, I, I like to think outside the box and come up with reasons why Uber shouldn't exist. And I never even thought of this one. This is, you know, well, I'm adding that to the quiver. The funny thing is I mentioned this to some, some of my super pro Uber friends and the immediate response was, oh, you're going to try to tell me taxi drivers aren't rapists? Well, no, they're not because you can't get a permit if you have any of this. <laughs> yeah. so, so they're fucking not assholes. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're assholes, but they're not. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> and they, they may not be good people, but at least they're not convicted. They're not felons, you yes. know. That's kind of that's kind of a point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> point, yeah. Point for taxis. They might yeah. not show up and get you to the airport on time, but at least they won't rape you along the way or, <laughs> or sell your children into, you know, <laughs> slavery. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and in America, just sucks news. Uh, everybody's heard about this, but how could we not talk about it? Uh, some some uh, kids in Canada at a university created this <laughs> stupid little designed robot called Hitchbot. And it managed to basically, it had a sign on it, say, take me around. It's a cute little thing. It's an upgrade of the, uh, what, Flat Stanley or whatever, that kind of that kind of concept. So uh, it made it all the way across Canada, no problem. Made it all the way across a couple different countries in Germany, or in Europe, like Germany, uh, no problem. Uh, then they decided to send it across the U.S., and it got basically completely trashed. Well, in Philadelphia. I'm sorry, you don't put anything that you love in Philadelphia because it will die especially yourself. But yeah, no, but you, you couple this with the Cecil the Lion news and it just says America wants to kill everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> wonderful people here. Yeah. That's pretty much how we roll. If, if, if it's great, we kill it. This came out of a uh, Ryerson university in Toronto. Oh, nice people. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What are you going to do? <laughs> It's honestly, it's like you just you 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 can't engineer around stupid. Uh, but yeah, well, let let me remind all you kids uh, out there. You know, we we all think that we're supposed to play by a certain rule book, but most of the world doesn't. Take it away, Jason. <laughs> okay, uh, I've got an article uh, from Medium called mm -hmm. "Theft Lies in Facebook Video." Yes, now it's basically an article about how like you know Facebook is trying to go after YouTube. Yes. With the video stuff and uh, how they cheat, they lie, they steal <laughs> and saying that, uh, yeah, well, uh, Facebook basically says if you watch it for three seconds, that's a view. That's you, it. Counts as a view. <laughs> yeah. And a bunch of other stuff. Um, it's got a lot of graphs if you're into that kind of thing. But we all knew this, you know. <laughs> right. And it's like if, if, you know, if you just scroll down the page and you're reading your friend's you know, status update, which you probably generally can't see because they keep posting the top stories now, yes. even on the website. Uh, and they've taken out, you know, the, it, it, oh God, I can't even go into Facebook, but yes. Um, if you're paying for Facebook video, you're probably getting duped at some point. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, yeah, because I autoplay, I mean, I never watch any of those videos, but I'm sure everyone, every time I scroll down, it's been counted as a hit. It's ridiculous. The stealing thing is the one that really killed me. 
that is absolutely insane that 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 basically people who have monetized themselves and are making a really big living off of YouTube uh, basically, sometimes Facebook is just kind of grabbing the most watched videos and, and putting them up themselves and playing their own version of it instead of the link to YouTube now. Yep. That's Holy what they do. God. Yeah. That That's, should be fucking illegal. Oh, my God. I, you know what? I think it is. It is. <laughs> Interesting. Go figure. Stealing somebody's intellectual property is illegal? Oh. Hold on a second. This is Web 2.0. This is disruption economy. This is what we do. This, unfortunately, is how all you stupid little media apps out there, including Spotify, got started. We'll just play the content until someone notices, and then we'll make deals. And then we'll just hire lawyers and you know pay half of what we would have paid, and the lawyers just make out. Now, kids... This is not the way your parents raised you. This is not the way we were taught to be. But apparently, it's completely okay. Yeah, straight out of Sweden. Yeah. And in keeping with that exact news, I found this article about Facebook's video problem, uh, which involved the Ronda Rousey fight. Uh, okay. Even though if that's how they say her name. But basically, uh, YouTube obviously has a deal. And uh, they pulled down clips immediately because they have a deal. They, have, they use their content ID system to, if, if anybody tried to put up the entire fight, which is 34 seconds approximately, because she kicks ass, uh, it was yanked immediately. Not for Facebook. Mm. Facebook had the entire fight up for over 15 hours before somebody pulled it down, because they wrote them a very nasty email saying, can you please take the entire fight down off your Facebook video? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that just comes down to a matter of numbers. I mean, how can they do things at speed when they have to deal with so many videos being posted every day. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it just comes well, under a human issue at that that's point. That's because YouTube has built this extensive, massive content ID system that actually works fairly well automated for the most part. <laughs> except, and, when, and, except when people who post from, like, say, Universal Music have their own stuff taken down and they, what well, is it, they DMCA themselves. That is the automation part of the system that fails, and uh, they don't have enough people. Uh, they have an army of people that are working on this, but it's still not enough, and it's such a Byzantine system to report either way, as in, I actually did own that, or please take that down. <laughs> you know, like, I, I actually talked about this on a previous show. I've had to go through the copyright system at Facebook, mm -hmm. and it worked somewhat well. You know, I got my photos taken down, and it worked, but it did take a day. It took a full day. To get it done. And it, it generally came down to the person who posted the photo replying back to them. They have to wait for that. Right. You know, that's that's a bottleneck right there. You but, think? Yeah. Yeah, really. Kind of. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But otherwise, you know, then I could just write into any video that's posted and the rights holder, if, if, if they just took it down and the actual rights holder was the person who posted it. Then they would, you know, then Facebook's liable for taking down a video of somebody who legitimately posted it. It's it's a complicated issue. Well, it's a complicated issue. And there's a lot of people that, you know, a lot of misreporting on both sides of the spectrum, et cetera, et cetera, and get, because there's there's big money involved here. There really is. So, yeah, I don't, I don't you know, there's never going to be a full automation system that works until we're all in computers, downloaded into computers anyway. So. I, these companies just have to bring more people on board. They have to pay more people to do that, but then profits go down, don't they? There's only so many people in the Philippines they can hire. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're going to be cheap. You know, pay, yep. pay some real money for this. Pay, you know, have, have some real people. Hey, let's get the economy going. Come on. No, uh, not going to happen. Bad idea? Okay. Yeah, I found an article on Mashable because we talk about Google Plus all the time and how terribly it's failed. Uh, they've got an article called Inside the Failure of Google Plus, a very expensive attempt to unseat Facebook. <laughs> and it's an interesting read. I recommend checking it out. I'm not going to go into too many details because we have here on the show, but definitely check it out if you want a history of how Google Plus came to be and came to not be. Yeah. And again, <laughs> I I'll state again. They built some amazingly great technology, some good UI that should be in place on social networks. Oh, well. <laughs> See, I was so happy. My friend Dan Burka went to Google after they hired him from Milk. Like, mm -hmm. they acquired Kevin Rose's company, Milk, and Dan Burka was there. And Dan is one of my favorite designers in the world. He's yeah. a super nice guy. Um, he's Canadian, of course. Right. And just one of the best designers. And he, he, he was the lead designer at Dig for a long time, too. So I was really hoping that Google was going to, like, you know, take care of that from him. And uh, we did get some good design, I think, out of Google Plus. And I think as far as social networks go, they don't try and curate your stream. 
They do like large format, beautiful images. Mm-hmm. Everything just seems to work, but just nobody showed up, which yeah. sucks. Nobody showed up. Except for when they first launched, when we all tried to get on and we tried to get our, our business entities that we were all working for on and they wouldn't let us. Yeah, that was a big problem. The whole, the whole you know, account issue was a bad thing that they did. And yeah, it, anybody that needed a, any kind of corporate entity like you and your bands and all that yeah. got, got the shaft. That really kind of screwed them, I think, from the get-go. If they, would have, if, they, if they would have handled that right, I think they would have been a juggernaut because Facebook has been, you know basically phasing out anything that a company could do to get good press oh yeah get good stuff that they're, that they're, was their market opportunity and they they totally screwed the pooch and that market opportunity is still out there I yeah mean, that's the thing it's still I there know, i know you can't take it elo because it's a bit too late but there's a huge market opportunity for some sort of ability to for for brands to do all this but again you know everybody's on facebook you got to get everybody onto that other place. So yeah, Facebook is just an enemy to brands at this point. And Google plus just totally screwed that opportunity, which really yep. kind of blows. Well, they blew it both on, on the launch and then just the general attitude. And I'm, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say this to anybody out there that's trying to work with within the entertainment industry. If you're, if you're a tech company, I, I don't care if you're Google and you have more gazillions of dollars than anybody in the world. You can't, you can't strong arm creative persons. You can't, you can't do it. You can't come in there like you're doing everyone a favor and you should be using our technology. And if you don't screw you, no, 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 come on. That's, Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not cool. And it does not play well in the world of massive egos of rock stars and managers. No, definitely not. Absolutely not. Uh, It's it's just, it's a shame. I mean, I've got what, like almost close to 11,000 followers on my Google plus page. I post something, I get three clicks. It's like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the, uh, the tumbleweeds start to build a Google plus and they blow past Ello. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Ello. Have you heard of the matchstick? Uh, I heard something of it and I wondered, well, why would anybody want this? Well, it was basically like kind of like a Google Chrome stick type of thing. Yep. It basically lets you throw video to your TV. It was based on the Firefox OS, which nobody ever uses. Um, and uh, yeah, it was going to be an H, like just a little HDMI stick. And it was Kickstartered. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were looking. Jason. What? How well did that go, Jason? Well, they got $470,000. Oh, so they got the money. Then what happened? Uh, well, guess what? This week they posted a uh, an update says, a painful decision. We will refund your money. And you know what the problem is? Mm. DRM. They're yeah. having a huge problem with dealing with DRM, and they just can't push it through and get the development done to deal with DRM. And you know what? DRM is the devil anyway, but it killed this project. So if you... Yep. If you Signed up for, if you're one of the 17,218 backers who pledged for the matchstick, you'll get your money back. Good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, look, again, this is the problem with Kickstarter. Uh, well, no, this is just a problem with no, no, building no. things before they happen, you know? Well, that That is, it is Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. That's my point, Jason. And the other problem is, is this, it's, they knew they would have to deal with DRM. They should have been able to budget accordingly for it and ask for enough money to be able to produce the product that they had promised to do. But because you're doing this first and you don't really know how to run a business, this is what happens. Yeah. You know, it it, it is just Kickstarter in the balls again. Yeah. We really are going to have to bring back that segment because it's coming up more and more again. We had a, we had a like oasis of calm where we didn't talk about Kickstarter much, but it's back, baby. Yeah. It's back with a force, it seems. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Rowan, where are my cards? You know, my mindfulness cards. Bring them on. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you, buddy. <laughs> um, I saw this. I saw this one come through. Uh, Universal Music's anti-piracy ads reached new heights of crazy pants gore. This was from Boing Boing. I think Shenny posted it. And happy birthday. Oh, actually, uh, Shenny posted it to Twitter, but Corey Doctorow wrote this. Um, yeah, these are some crazy ass ads from Universal Music. <laughs> oh, basically show. Stupid severed body part saying stop destroying the band you like say no to music piracy. Uh, yeah. Um, I I have three words to say to you. Universal music. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's about it. Look, it's it's a fine message to send out there. These ads are ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's way over the top. It's you know, it's listen, to Universal music. I you probably played more money than you pay most of your artists for to this advertising company to make these dumb ads 
uh, we're right here. You can, pay, you can pay us a fraction of the cost and I'll make you better ones because these are stupid. Yeah, honestly, pay your artists and, y- you know, this. <laughs> you should be reading these ads because you're the label and you're keeping all the money. Oh, I'm surprised somebody, damn, somebody should have done like joke ads to send it back. Stop destroying the band you like. Actually pay them. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, yesterday mm-hmm. was a big, big day anniversary. In infamy. Hmm? Except it's not that day, but go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah, yesterday was not, yeah, not that one. That was December. Uh, this is August. August 6th is the day that uh, we bombed Hiroshima. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the start of basically the nuclear age. And there were a lot of articles that came around about this. Ars Technica covered it. But um, w- the one that I wanted to point out is the press release from the Truman Library that has his three-page press release. And it is an incredible read. <laughs> Wow. We can't, we can't like our government now can't like fart without releasing a 75 page press release. Yeah. I mean, we are now prepared to obliterate more rapidly and completely every productive enterprise. The Japanese have above ground in any city. We shall destroy their docks, their factories and their communications. Let there be no mistake. We shall completely destroy Japan's power to make war. That's how you make a press release. I'm sorry. That's how you do it. Yep, I agree. It's it's pretty pretty fancy and pretty terrifying, really. Well, it's 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 it, it's chilling. It's utterly chilling. But back in the day, we're like, yeah, you don't, don't fuck with us. Nope, <laughs> don't even bother. Security. Ha! WordPress has a new update. Yay! Spoiler. Security. <laughs> hmm. Fortunately, now all of my sites update automatically. Uh. Uh, yeah, so, so do most of mine now, at least for the, for the major things. So I didn't have too much of a problem, but let me, <laughs> let me just, re- <laughs> I had to deal with some issues this morning because, uh, one, one of my sites did have a problem because it's a site that I forgot I had because uh, we did cover doing favors for friends a few times on the show, right? Oh, sadly, many, 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 many times. <laughs> well, there was a friend of mine that was going to pay me a couple grand to put together a site for him and and music slash photography projects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, you know, did the whole dance about, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, talked to him multiple times, said, all right, you know, let me just get going on this and you can toss me like a grand just to cover the setup and design and all the various things I'm going to start doing. So I set up all the WordPress stuff and started to get going on that. And then I just never heard from him again for a while and never got any money and basically have never heard from him again about the entire project and basically forgot that I had that install there. And and that one I didn't, wasn't updating. So there was a bit of an issue this morning. So I just basically nuked the whole thing and I'm all good now. So, yeah, yeah. I have one that I have to deal with today too. Uh, Basically my mom's ex-husband, I still run his website for his band. Yes. My mother's ex-husband's band. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the other problem with getting roped into those favors is you're doing them forever. Uh, Not anymore. Divorce went through. House has been sold. Guess what, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But everything seems to have updated. Okay. I only had one plugin crap out on me, which was, which, you know, is the problem with the automatic updates is that plugins tend to die sometimes and that ruins your day. It really does. It's like, oh, man, especially yeah. if it's something that you really need. Yeah, because then you got to go in, you got to nuke it, you got to go back in, you got to figure out what the problem is. Oh, just... oh well, I, I go in and I fix the plugin. I mean, that's 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 the problem with knowing knowing how to code. I go in and I have to, I literally go in and fix the plugin and then I send the author the the patch. Right. And <laughs> guess guess what the author never does? Pays, right. pays me for my time for fixing his goddamn plugin. And probably ever, never says thanks either. No, I, I do get a thank you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yep. So I'm running Windows 10. Uh, last week, you had mentioned a couple of the crazy issues with it, including like the, the Wi-Fi sharing with uh, with people on your trusted network of contacts, which I promptly fixed. Uh, link in the show notes if you are upgrading to Windows 10. Uh, <laughs> this is called Broken Windows Theory, which is pretty funny. Uh, but it's a basic rundown of some of the default settings that you probably do not want to have turned on. And it's a pretty quick and easy fix. Takes care of it all. You'll be done in two or three minutes, and uh, you will be much more secure. Okay, cool. So check it out and uh, go do it if you're running Windows 10. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually going to install Windows 10 on Parallels this week and give it a shot. I I, I like it, man. It, it's pretty damn stable. So, 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, with all these privacy issues that keep popping up, but at least, you know, it's a pretty open world now. Everybody's posting about this stuff pretty quickly when they find it and, and giving you the update. But, you know, if, if, if there's ever anything big, I'll kick myself for not sticking with Windows 7 because it ran just as well. But uh, Windows 10 is a little prettier. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Windows 7 was solid as could be. Windows 8 was a fuster clock. <laughs> that was the biggest mistake Microsoft has ever made. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, well. Uh, yeah. Something came out of Black Hat that I thought you might like. It's uh, the Fontana project, which basically is a is a way to for hackers to tell what's going on via the sounds that your printer makes. Ka-chung, 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 ka-chung. That yep. kind of thing. I, it's all of that sort of stuff. Uh, it's just another, you know, brick in that wall of, uh, how we're finding out how easy it is to compromise anything on the internet of things. Yes. Air gapped, uh, means nothing anymore. Apparently. Yeah, but now I can just listen to your printer and, and get a password off you. Oh, that's nice. I right. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Good times. <laughs> I just, every week it just gets yeah. worse and worse and worse. It really does. Uh, and then I, I just saw this uh, off of Engadget and I had to throw it in because it's so rare that we, well, not so rare anymore that we hear about Macs that uh, Macs getting hacked. So researchers have created a worm that infects Macs silently and permanently. Eh, It's going to happen. I mean, it's a computer. They can do it. Yeah. (laughs) So... Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was the, the, the big Mac versus PC arguments that we used to have 10, 15 years ago. For me, it was just always, of course, there aren't that many for Mac because hardly anybody uses Mac. That's why it's more cost effective and it makes more sense to write all your exploits for PCs. Well, now that everybody's on Mac, not the case anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know any. You're the like, honestly, the only person that I have to deal with on a daily basis that uses a PC. Everybody I know uses Macs. So yeah, it's coming. And, you know, it's based on FreeBSD. So yeah. it's, so it's open just, source, which means you can hack the hell out of it. Yeah, that's the way it's going to go. Sadly, sadly, sadly. Good times. <laughs> yes, New York Times, as we've talked about earlier, um, has a great little uh, kind of a poll, little, you know, a little interactive poll that just tells <laughs> you how many times your personal information has been <laughs> exposed to hackers. Yeah. Have, have you signed up with this? Then yeah, yes. I did. Yeah. Then yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it's out there. Uh, my address has been shared like seven times. Uh, my credit card three times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's out there. <laughs> yeah, it's all out there. All our inf- all our base are belong to us. Apparently, Russian hackers have infiltrated the Pentagon email system. Now, before everybody panics, everybody's been quick to point out that this was not the secure system. This was the one that they, I don't know, just send funny gifts to each other on? Yes, this is the unclassified cat gif system. I don't know about you, but I mean, I'd assume I that they'd only have the one email address. They wouldn't have the one for secure stuff, and then this is the one for just farting around with. I mean, Yeah, especially at the Pentagon. Come on. Clinton claimed that it was too complicated to have two emails on one phone. How many phones are these people carrying? <laughs> they got four Blackberries and a sidekick. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and the razors for porn. Oh, the razors for porn. Uh, if we didn't already have a show title, that would be it. <laughs> I'm good at those. So uh, we talked about Sammy Kamar before on the show. He's mm-hmm. a super hacker, literally just a flat out super hacker. Um, he's made a new device that is just evil. It is just evil. It's called Roll Jam. And what yeah. it is, it's a, it's a little device that's smaller than a cell phone, has an antenna and three radios. Mm-hmm. Two of the radios jam your key fob from your car and your garage door opener, and the other one records them. Perfect. So when you press your button the first time to open your car, it records it, and then he can come back later, pick up the device, and play it back, open your car, get in it, and your garage, and off he goes. Yep. So, yeah. Bye-bye, security. And he's, you know... This this isn't the Internet of Things. This isn't even like a Wi-Fi Connect-enabled car door opener. This is just old school. This is seriously old school. And this is an old hack, but the device he made costs 35 bucks. Awesome. You know, it's really not that hard. Break into anybody's house now. Uh Uh-huh. Car, yeah. And you wonder why I have a shotgun. (laughs) Well, you have to be sitting in the car at your house when somebody tries to do this. A little social engineering, Jason. Well, if they open the garage door and walk right in, I I don't care about the car. You take the car, I'm insured. What the hell ever. But you walk in my garage, that's a different thing altogether. Yeah. And especially when you have one of those Wi-Fi enabled deadbolts on your door in your garage. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> All this stuff is terrifying, and there's no way to stop it. The only one that I have ever really supported was the uh, remote that you could buy that would shut off the TVs in public places like airports. TV be gone. Yes, I love that damn thing. I wish everybody had one. I had no issue when they just had the TV on silently, but now that they blare the sound everywhere, I want that. I got, I got to order one of those things. One right. of my favorite videos, I think it was Gizmodo, where they walked around CES and turned off all the TVs and then got kicked out of CES for a couple of years. <laughs> that was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think that was, I think it was Brian Lamb, if memory serves, but either way, it was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> and you can still get them. So I recommend everybody get a TV Be Gone. I want it. Well, then buy it. You're, 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 you're a privileged technologist. Go buy one. That's true. And next time, uh, just, you know, just LAX and YYZ. Watch out. Those TVs are going <laughs> down. <laughs> so the EFF has launched a new online tracking blocker. Okay. Called Privacy Badger, 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 Snake. Come on, you, you remember the Badger video go with a privacy honey badger <laughs> yes the privacy badger 1.0 don't give a shit that one too title. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah i uh, i'm running it right now and yeah. it's free and uh yeah apparently uh hackpad that we use for our show notes has a ton uh privacy badger detected 13 trackers on this page oh shit <laughs> yeah um is okay. it even worth installing I mean, Absolutely, I, yeah, because you can turn off different different sites and right. and I run through it. So now um, I'm running ad blocker. I'm running this privacy thing. I'm running so many plugins; it's unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've got no room for URLs anymore. I've got so many little <laughs> little dingle dongles going on there. Yeah, every, yet we continue to do this, even though we say every week in this segment that it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because <laughs> yeah, you can still do you know. Because uh, I could just listen to your printer. And listen to the printer, do fingerprinting through a freaking iframe, whatever. It's, exactly. You can't hide, people. You cannot hide. Comment of the week. Big thanks to our new Patreon fans, Clarence Johnson and friend of mine, Brian Blondell. Thanks, Brian. And Woo. thank you, Clarence. Woo thank you very much. We like yeah. your money. We appreciate it, and uh, we we love having the coffers filled back up every time we drain them for bandwidth and and Jason's love of technology and microphones. Hey, hey, hey! It's been a while. I know. I, I haven't bought anything with our grumpy old geeks' money. Yep, it's it's sitting there, waiting to be used. It's paying for the bandwidth and stuff like that. Yes. So, so friend of the show, Lawrence Lee writes in question for the geeks. Mm -hmm. What is it with the ad blocker wars? I don't buy much these days and ads generally annoy me and display things I already purchased. So why the hell doesn't someone come up with a way for me to just tell the advertisers what I want to see? No tracking, no wasted dollars, no annoyance, only benefit all the way around. Should I create a startup? A uh, couple thoughts here. Uh, there is, is a site that uh, basically shows you what you want to see. It's called Amazon. And then you just type in what you want to buy. Uh, there have been companies that have done this, that have tried to get off the ground as, as, a, as an ad, ad agency, online ad agency, uh, that have tried to do that. But they require you to sign up and then fill out endless, endless forms of what you like and don't like, which no one will do, which is why all those companies have failed. Uh, and finally, well, I, I mean, also, he's, I mean, basically what he's talking about is the entire retargeting market. Yeah, because as soon as you go and search something on Amazon, doesn't matter if you're buying it or not, you're going to be followed. Yeah, everybody I, does retargeting now. All I'm seeing on Facebook for my ads are, are the things from Home Depot that I've already either bought or I'm about to buy. Yeah, there's no there's no flag for these people to say what you've already bought or purchased. And when, once you show an interest in something, they're just going to keep hammering you with it. I mean, honestly, yep. that's all they do. And and do we really want there to be a system that actually knows the things that we already own? That's that's a lot of information for people to be collecting about us. Not that they can't get it. Anyway. I'm going to say they already know that, dude. <laughs> Privacy <laughs> is dead. Get over it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I totally agree with you. And I don't know what's going on with the ad blocker wars anymore. I, I have noticed that the sites have gotten a little bit more savvy about it. There's all the pop ups now like say, I see you're using ad blocker plus uh, if you would if you'd prefer to support us in other methods, click here. And that's where you can donate to them. So that that's pretty clever. I like that. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, no, I mean, we talked about this before. It's it, that's what they're doing now. They're, it's, it, they're, they're like uh, subscriber will kill this puppy, you know. 
pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much where we're at now. But don't, don't you like us? You seem to come here a lot. You read messages all the time. How about you pay us? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a message from Gabriel via our website. Uh, just wanted to comment that most of my contracting gigs of the last 10 years or so have come from LinkedIn. Some from Facebook and Twitter, too. I'm probably in the minority, but just wanted to say it works for me. Uh, Gabriel, yeah, I think you're an outlier. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I don't even pay for it. LinkedIn app is useful when I go to, into a company to quickly check who I'm supposed to meet and the backgrounds of the people in the office. Also, I can't wait for you to talk about this. And he provides a link, which is in our show notes. Uh, I, I mean, Jason, you're using LinkedIn for pretty much the same thing. Now you're using it to look into people that you're about to talk to on, on the various other podcasts you're doing. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great way to connect, but I've never gotten business out of LinkedIn. Yeah, Literally, I I've never gotten business. Yeah, yeah, I, I really haven't either. I mean, I've connected with old colleagues and things like that. And then that sparked, uh, you know, reaching out to each other and catching up, which may eventually within a year or two lead to something that they're working on in which they want to pull me in. That's happened, but it's never been it's never been blind finds or people just finding me ever. Yeah, no, the only the only job offers I've ever gotten on LinkedIn and I got these when I worked at Technorati back in the day. The Yahoo homepage team wanted to hire me away from Technorati, and I got a message from them every three days saying, please come in and interview for this position. And I'm like, I like my job. I'm happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So about the link. Now, Jason, I thought you might like this because this is a serious, uh, this is serious, serious tin hat stuff. It's called uh, How I Gave Up Alternating Current. And it starts off as kind of like a, I wanted to get off the grid and here's a million things that I did, all of which are very interesting and all of which would take way too much time and effort for me. And uh, I'm just not getting off the grid anyways. But I was also trying to figure out, are these like, is this like, is this a cleverly written ad for a bunch of different products, including Soylent 2.0, which has just launched? Yeah, the Soylent thing is interesting. But yeah, this guy, he basically got off the grid and mm -hmm. uses his solar panel to power his home. Yeah. Granted, he's an edge case. He doesn't do a whole oh, lot. Um, the Soylent 2.0 thing, I had actually hadn't heard about Soylent 2.0 until I read this article. And and, and it's a very well-read article, or well-written article. And I was well-read when I was done. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, he's basically just talking about his, you know, his quest to get off the grid. And we're definitely going to have this in the show notes. Check it out. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try Soylent 2.0 because it sounds like they fixed a lot of stuff. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> gross. But, yeah, but the whole thing is like yeah, part of the thing that really helped him do it is he's completely gotten rid of his kitchen and he's basically just having Soylent 2.0. Not only is this getting off the grid, this is getting off any chance of dating. That's the other problem I have with this. I love to cook. I am a I am a cooking fiend. So getting rid of my kitchen is not something I would ever want to do, you know, and I'm yeah. not going to cook on a space stove. No. Um because uh, the the setup for for entertainment and and for his computer, I mean, I could never do my job using that ever. So no, um, but it's still a fun read, and he, I think he's you know yeah. it's a cool experiment. But you know what? I've worked my ass off for twenty twenty some odd years, so I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. I don't yeah. want to have to go backwards anymore. And uh, I would like to have I'd like to cook and have women over and make them a nice dinner. And I'm not doing it on a space stove. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's a really interesting article. It's well thought out. He took a lot of, uh, he put a lot of time and effort into this, but, uh, you know, I'm, I bought into society. I'm invested. So I'm staying. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's still fun. I mean, it, 10 years ago, I would have written this exact same article. I know. But now I'm, I'm old and I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> You've come around to my way of thinking. I'm like, let's burn some coal. Let's kill some badgers and let's have a really nice dinner. Yeah. <laughs> So Flash Jervis writes, great podcast, great site. Four stars for the podcast and content and an additional star for the show notes. I'm seriously considering making it my homepage. Don't do that. Yeah. Honestly, don't do that. But thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for the five stars and the, yeah, I, I, I think we're a five star content. Jeez. I know. That was a little chintzy, really. I know. I think you should give us six. But, you know, I think you should go back and give us six stars. The problem really. is his name is Flash and we bag on Flash all the time. Flash. <laughs> Software, apps, and gadgets. Last week, you introduced me to the Sennheiser CX 5.00i Black In-Ear Canal headset. 
just rolls off the tongue. It, it really does. That's some branding right there. <laughs> um, and it's funny because when I started talking about this, this Amazon same day free delivery thing is just it. It's an addiction now. Every time I go, I just ordered a Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred microphone this morning. They're like, would you like it today for free? I'm like, well, of course. Well, yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, why would I like it tomorrow for free when I can get it today for free? So uh, I got these Sennheisers same day that we did the show last week, and I listened to them over the weekend. And you thought I was drunk, like drunk tweeting on, or not drunk tweeting on Facebook. That would be kind of crossing the streams, but yeah. drunk posting on Facebook about how much I love these things and how much I was enjoying music again. And I wasn't, <laughs> it was actually amazing how the sound quality in those headphones or oh. earbuds is. It's, it's so much better, especially, you know, like most of us, we've just been wearing our stupid Apple white headphones for, for years now as just like sheep and, and not thinking about it. And it's just, it, it opens up your, well, ear holes, really. It really uh, did. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad you liked them. How were they on the plane? Amazing. Okay, I haven't done that yet, so I'm unbelievable looking. on the plane. I my bows are. I just if, if anybody wants my bows, come by and pick them up. Uh, they were unbelievable, and I I let my brother try them because he's you know a music snob because he plays the viola and you know actually conducts orchestras and stuff. Right. And we did some tests with it. Now snapping my fingers, and he could hear the snaps because it's not fast enough to like catch yeah. that. But I was talking to him at the same time. He's like, I can hear the snaps, but I cannot hear you talking to me. Yeah. So they've got to be great for just the the plane drone. That's oh, fair. yeah. No, they're fantastic on the plane. And I listen to music the entire time on the plane. I use, usually listen to audiobooks or podcasts. And I was just so getting back into music because you can hear so much more with these. Yeah. It I've was, been... I mean, I've just had like kind of a musical renaissance since I got them. So thank you very much for this recommendation. Oh, no problem. I also saw that a friend of the show, Sean Bonner, uh, picked him up as well yeah i saw that in his newsletter yeah his newsletter talking about it but uh no plug for us man come on mm. sean <laughs> what the fuck's going on man come on share yeah. the love share the love so i picked up that macbook last week yeah yeah how is it it's going back okay it uh sucks it honestly sucks <laughs> the two problems with it are the processor speed is ridiculously slow yeah um uh, i've got uh i use what's it called istat menus yeah, so yeah. I can see the CPU usage, you know, and all that stuff. And basically all the time it was at 50%, no matter what I was doing. Ugh, and yeah, it was terrible. Uh, it got really hot mm -hmm. all the time. And the pro the biggest problem that I have with it is the keyboard goes all the way to the edge. So when yeah, you pick you it up, that. yeah. And I, I, you said that you would be able to get over it, but I don't think I could. I didn't. I couldn't get over it. Yeah. Um, the The size of it and the aspect ratio is great. I love that part, but it just needs those buffers on the edge. So I'm going to take it back and I'm going to see if I can, if I can social engineer my way out of the 10% restocking <laughs> fee because I have to take back the $75 adapter too, the USB-C adapter mm -hmm. and figure out if I can get my 1500 bucks back because what I'm going to just end up doing is getting an air because the airs still have everything I want. They're the best form factor. They're a little bit heavier by like what? 0.7 pounds. You know, I, hey, I work out. I can carry that. <laughs> but yeah, for the bang for the buck, I think the airs are still the best way to go. Well, we'll see how much of the uh, art of charm stuff is rubbed off of you. And uh, we'll see how charming you can be to get your uh, not pay, not pay the restocking fee. We'll see what happens next we'll week. About it next week. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, the, sadly, uh, skip the MacBook. It's All right. it's really not there. I will say that the retina display on the, the MacBook is amazing it was gorgeous but yeah the fact that it runs the processor so hot to push that many pixels yeah. is a real problem and i really don't like that force feedback kind of trackpad thing that they've come out with it's really weird i hate those two but that that's something i think i could get used to but the uh the keyboard spanning the whole way i couldn't that, yeah that's a deal breaker for me it really is and here's the weird thing if you touch the the trackpad when the power is off it's just, it doesn't do anything. You have to have it powered up to be able to click. I mean, honestly, yes, that's what you'd want, but uh, it's weird that you have to have the power there to get that fake click. Right. So, and the, yeah, all in all, it was just disappointing. Media Candy. So Dr. Dre has a new album out and I can't listen to it because Apple Music will not play it. 
<laughs> well, uh, from what I've seen from people that have listened to it, uh, it's disappointing. So maybe it's a maybe it's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll play. It'll buffer for thirty seconds and play three, and then it'll buffer for thirty seconds and play three. Oh, no, that's, that's not infuriating at all. No, no. That well, hey, maybe maybe it's maybe that's actually the way he did it. Maybe it's super experimental. Maybe he he had Skrillex <laughs> as a co-producer. Yeah, it could be. But yeah, so far Apple Music has been nothing but a disappointment. I can't find my way around it. Yeah, granted the catalog is massive, but if you yeah. can't find it and yeah. play it, well, what's the point? <laughs> I, I agree, and I, I wasn't even going to mention Apple Music uh, this week because I have no updates because it's the same situation for me. However, however. Uh, uh, OS nine is coming in September and word is there is a complete and utter redesign and, and they basically have redone the entire thing. I don't think it's going to solve my problem of the large library because I just think that that's, that's way too much for them to fix. But apparently the whole UI is getting an overhaul. Oh, thank Jesus. You or, know, Trent, Trent or, 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 hard at work. <laughs> yeah. Tresner's out there and he's pushing pixels. Yep. Yep. Just sitting around with his Photoshop. <laughs> He's got his flow charts and his Gantt charts, and he's he's pushing them all. Yeah. Well, uh, if you want to listen to something really cool and you don't have to go through Apple Music to do it, uh, I haven't really listened to mashups in ages, but uh, a friend of mine posted this on our, on our Facebook. It, it's amazing. It's The Cure versus The Commodores, Easy Heaven uh, by Brat, and it, it's friggin' weird, but it's it's just ridiculous how well they fit together and how, like, if Robert Smith had been in, you know, born in the 60s in Motown, <laughs> maybe he would have written this version of this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I listened to it. I just don't like that Commodore song. That's the problem, uh, yeah. you know? But, yeah, when you go with uh, mashups and stuff, there's, oh, man, there's some really good ones. There's uh, Bjork and the Cure. I forget who yeah. did that one. That was my favorite. I was super into mashups about three or four years ago, and I have like a playlist of just so many amazing ones, but I haven't kept up with it just because there's so many all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if you like the Commodores and the Cure, go for it. <laughs> and yeah. I, this is making the rounds. I saw it on Boing Boing this morning, so it's, oh, okay. uh, it's, it's getting popular. It's gone viral. Well, uh, speaking of, I speaking of things that have gotten popular, Wayward Pines. I finished it on the plane. Actually, I finished it in like a day and a half on my trip to Chicago. Right. Uh, Shyamalama Ding Dong has redeemed it, himself. Really? I loved it. Well, I freaking now, loved it. So it's Shyamalama Ding Dong. So until we get to the end, which will probably suck and ruin the whole show. Nope. Won't nope. know. Did not. Absolutely not, did not. It's completely done. The show is over. Yeah, it's a 10-episode miniseries. Oh, okay. All right. And it's based Good. on somebody else's writing. He didn't write it. It's based on a, a book series called Wayward Pines. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah, so, it, you know, there was a lot out of his hands. I think he only directed one of them. Okay. But right. for the for the most part, I really, really enjoyed this whole thing because what it does, it moves along so fast. You think right. it's one thing, and then next episode, it's a completely different thing. Then it's a completely different thing, and then it's just, oh, my God, that's crazy. Um. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to say anything about it because it's going to ruin it if I do. Okay. But I Wait. seriously recommend checking it out. You can get it on Amazon. You can get the individual episodes. I'm sure it's somewhere in Sweden. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I seriously recommend checking it out. It was This was the most fun I've had for a miniseries in a long time. Uh, Twin Peaks-esque is what I hear? No, that's no. the thing. It I mean, the locale looks like Twin Peaks. That's why people are, are comparing it. <laughs> but it is nothing like Twin Peaks at all. I will have to give it a shot since you seem very, very pleased with it. Yeah, this is way more sci-fi than it is uh, murder mystery. Okay. It's, awesome. to it's total sci-fi. Super happy about that. Then I will definitely check it out. One thing I will not be checking out, Jason, uh, why are we now rebooting movies that nobody even liked the first time around? Are you talking about Jumanji? Jumanji is getting a reboot. Uh, yeah. Why? Why? Mm. Oh, yeah, I, that, that's right. We have no more creative ideas anymore. You know, see, here's the thing about Jumanji. I thought it had potential, and I thought Robin Williams ruined it. Well, now you don't have to worry about him being in the reboot. No, somebody else will ruin it for me. Exactly. All right, if you need some uh, mind effery 
this week. I've, I've got two things that'll just fit the bill for you. I watched a TED Talk with Donald Hoffman, Do We See Reality As It Is, which was super interesting. And, you know, it goes well beyond the stoned, what if the color blue to me isn't the same as the color blue to you? <laughs> Why does everything taste like chicken, dude? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it goes well further in depth than that. And even though it's only it's a 21 minute thing, it's super quick. But, it, it, you know, he goes into his research and has some really interesting anecdotes. Uh, I highly recommend listening to it or watching it. I would say watch it because it is a video. Yes. And he does have some charts and graphs and yes. imagery. He has PowerPoint. He put time into his PowerPoint. So, uh, you know, give him some love for that. Yeah. Watch it. It's super good. And uh, the other thing that came out, and I don't know how, uh, what this, what's really going on with this, but in theory, scientists have confirmed the impossible EM drive propulsion, electromagnetic propulsion, which will basically get us up to super fast speeds out in space without using a ton of power. Okay. Now, I don't know. I found this on Hacked. I haven't exactly seen it in the science journals yet. And I have, you know, I'm desperately hoping this isn't going to be one of those cold fusion things, but it may well be. But you never know because they were German scientists. Okay, fine. We are very meticulous. They are very meticulous and we go very fast. Yes. So that would be super cool. I mean, we're talking, you know, warp drive here, basically. Yeah, there's graphs Mm -hmm. and, and stuff. It's. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Good. Yeah. Well, it's build power. it and throw it up, throw it up in space, and see how fast it goes. I mean, that's pretty much what we got to do. Yeah. Uh, Wired notes that the EM drive could get to Pluto in less than eighteen months. Right. That's mm. pretty awesome. Web's not dead. Oh no, it's not. Now, I generally don't go in for these kind of crazy web video things that the kids are doing and Facebook is scamming us on. But this week I found one from DC Shoes from Robbie Madison where he rode a motorcycle and surfed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought this was pretty damn cool. I, I saw three seconds of this video, which counted as a view as I scrolled through my Facebook feed. You didn't watch the whole video? No, I'm not interested. Oh, my God. It's so cool. It is so cool. I love I love when, you know, people try and ride motorcycles on water and I think it's neat. But okay. this guy took it to a next level and is basically out in Hawaii surfing with a motorcycle. It is well worth the four minutes. And then there's a Wired article that follows it up. It's like, here's how this nut surfed on a motorcycle. Yeah, the, the second line in the first quote, we sank the motorcycle over a hundred times. <laughs> right. But when that was in testing, not when they filmed it, they didn't sink a single motorcycle while they were filming it. So I, they, they, yes, there was a lot of testing that went into building this thing, but it's cool. I'm sorry. I just think it's cool. Okay. I will watch it. It just is neat. You happy. <laughs> yeah. These DC videos, like when the guy did uh, the, uh, the drifting in San Francisco and they like shut down half of San Francisco mm-hmm. and he did that. Like DC has great videos like this. And this one is, it's up there really is. So my second one is, I love the big picture. The Boston Globe has always had a great photography section called the big picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week, uh, they have a great uh, photo essay on the monsoons in India and Pakistan and Myanmar and all yeah. that. Yeah. And these pictures are just amazing. So I, yeah. want, I want, just want everybody to check them out because it's like, oh, if you think you're having a bad day, guess what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we we look at when disasters happen here and we have some semblance of infrastructure and uh, support and when they happen in places where you do not, that is terrifying. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And we can just go and, you know, mob a Walmart, but these people just have nothing but mud and water and misery. Yeah. So check it out. Super depressing. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Love it. I'm not sure how much we should talk about this because a friend of the show, an esteemed doctor, David Teeter, basically told us, do not discuss this. Oh, he did. He did. And he was very emphatic about it. I didn't. I missed, I missed this. It. We should not talk about this. Why are we going to break space time? Apparently, we might rip a, a hole in the fabric of space time. Uh, do you remember uh, the children's books, The Berenstein Bears? Yes, I do. Unfortunately, they are the Berenstein Bears. There's stain stain. Now, uh, link in the show notes. And this has been going around on the net for a while. It's, it's a years for years. years. And I have to admit, I mean, 
I remember them being Berenstain with an E, not an A. I don't remember that. Nobody on my Facebook feed remembers it. My sister doesn't remember it. My mom doesn't remember it. No one remembers the A. And then it gets really tin hatty and crazy. And, you know, the reality is we expect it to be spelled with an E because that's how it should be spelled. And it was probably always A. But it probably always was. If you but- want to go down the wormhole, it is a very, very fun wormhole to go down. It is, and it is mind-bending, and I did not sleep well that night because, you know what? I remember the E, too, and I don't know anybody that remembers the A. Yes, and I love the Reddit thread that says there's the glitch in the Matrix, and it links to an image there where he's captured something with the E, except the image is broken. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's been taken down through the fabric of space-time. Or by Teeter. Maybe Teeter's behind it all. Oh, could be. He is an evil genius. Maybe his name is spelled T-E-T-A-R. And we just don't know. Closing shout outs. I'd like to give a final shout out this week to Resistance Pro Wrestling. We sweated our balls off last week for an amazing show and had a great time. So if you go to punkvinyl.com, you can see my photos because I was taking over as the photographer this week. And it was uh, a ton of fun, as always. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a lot of hard work. It was a very long day and a lot of hard work. And it was really hot in Chicago. You really pack your Chicago trips full, man. Oh, yeah. And then we had a barbecue with my dad the next day who had four grills lined up to feed everybody. That was impressive. That was very impressive. And, of course, a flash thunderstorm in the middle of the barbecue because it's Chicago and we cannot have nice things in Chicago. (laughs) No. I want to do another shout out to Soy Luna, uh, the Mexican restaurant here in Tarzana, California. Uh, where I went to for my birthday. They heard me just kind of mention that it was my birthday. I'm like, I'm going to have the refried beans because it's my birthday. And then they came over and they put a sombrero on me, sang to me, gave me some dessert and took a picture. It was kind of silly, but uh, that's on. As as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's on the Instagram. But Mm -hmm. if you're ever out here, it is my favorite Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles. Really? it's, it's, It's a little bit more upper classy. You know, the burritos will cost you about 13 bucks, but man, they're good. Awesome. Highly recommended. Very cool. And I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Smokes Poutinery. Uh, If you are not familiar with poutine, if you're not Canadian, you probably aren't. It is a deliciousness in a bowl. It's basically French fries with gravy and cheese curd. And uh, there has been nowhere to get any poutine in L.A. forever. Uh, But now there is. One of the best places in Toronto has now, and everywhere else in Canada really, has opened up in Hollywood, uh, Smokes Poutinery. And it is friggin' delicious, and they have some crazy-ass options. I mean, this is, you know, you can have bacon put on top of it. You can have all kinds of sausage, whatever. This stuff is delicious, especially if you're hungover. So thanks for coming to L.A., guys. Oh, my God, they're on the Mighty Cahuenga. Oh, they're right by Stout, too, in Omami. Oh, that's right by my old office at the CNN building. I am going. Yes. Immediately. You, you must try it, dude. It's so delicious. I love poutine. I mean, that's one of the things that the Canadians have done right is poutine. Yeah, said so that in their healthcare system. <laughs> okay, that too. Oh, and their general outlook on people and being nice to everybody. <laughs> yeah, like sending out that robot that got killed by us. Oh, Christ. I hope they don't like spike our poutine just to uh, get back at us. I know. It's, it's war. <laughs> So thanks for listening. I am Jason DeFilippo, and you can find out more about me at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schillmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Until next time. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal, and probably Apple Music. Or you could donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stochansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 122.